Terry and all the staff at Highland Hardware would like to wish Bally Hayes every success in the intermediate final. Brian, Barney, Cully and all the staff at Cully's Craft Bakery, proud sponsors of the Cavan Junior Football Championship, would like to wish Arva the very best of luck in the intermediate final. Dermot Lee and all the staff at Lee's Gala would like to wish Bally Hayes the best of luck on Sunday. Hugh Horrigan and family, the Boar's Head, Capel Street, Dublin, wishes Arva the very best of luck in the intermediate final on Sunday. Everyone's talking about Luna Bar, Cavan's most vibrant new venue. With our big screen TVs, live music every weekend and free function room, we cater for everyone. Luna Bar, Main Street Cavan, the newest hotspot in town. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Imagine your wedding day with unparalleled service, commanding views and mature grounds on one of Ireland's most beautiful family-run countryside estates. Located on our private shores of Loch Sheelan, Crover House Hotel in Cavan offers a personal service to each couple. A limited number of 2016 wedding packages are still available. Call 049-8540-206 today. Our unique location for your unique occasion. Crover House Hotel. Check out We Are Cavan football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. Club V is Cavan's best over 21s entertainment venue. With state-of-the-art lighting and sound system, VIP room with bar, as well as a cocktail bar, outdoor heated and fully seated smoking area, so you can sit, relax and take time to catch up with friends. Club V opens every Saturday night and holiday Sunday at 11pm. To find out more about Club V and our upcoming events, follow us on Twitter or become a fan on Facebook. Club V Virginia at the Riverfront Hotel. Looking for somewhere for a post-match point to catch up on the crack and discuss the game? Why not call into Michael Mooney at the Sleeve Ross Bar, College Street in Cavan Town? The Sleeve Ross is famed for its warm, friendly atmosphere and great points. So drop into Michael and staff today. You won't be disappointed.
Celtic warrior crafted pale ale from the Highland Brewing Company. Born of the land in the hills of Breffney, our beer is crafted with our Celtic legacy in mind. Find us on Facebook. Enjoy Celtic Warrior responsibly and visit drinkaware.ie. RCE, Building Cost Consultants. In these challenging economic times, RCE can reduce the overheads of companies that can no longer afford the luxury of a full-time quantity surveyor or estimator. Contact Ronan by email on ronan at rce.ie or check out our website www.rce.ie. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you all keeping out in Bally Hayes? You are all ready for the championship final here. Um, welcome. Just a great response, Paul. Um, we are we are Calvin. This is uh, Damien Donahue here and Paul Fitzpatrick. We're live on the internet here on We Are Calvin's website, and uh, we we have people listening in around the world as it starts. So we're we're here in Anthony Brady's pub in Bally Hayes. We have an up for the match. Um, in preparation for the Hotel Kilmore Intermediate Championship Final between Ballyhays and Arva this coming Sunday in Kingspan Breffney Park. We're going to start off, we're going to have a chat with a good few people from Ballyhays, past players, um, committee members and, and, and a few jokers as well. Mainly, mainly the co- current committee members I think are the jokers. But Paul, if you might tell us who the first three coming up are. Yeah, wait, the first three people we have coming up. First of all, I just want to say thanks for letting our Hills man into Anthony Gordon's <laughs> Who said they were going to let you out, though? <laughs> the, fir- the first three people we have up are three volunteers who have done a great work for Ballyhays over the years. So when I announce them, I want you to give them a great round of applause. It's Sean Rehill, Tom Riley, and Barry Tierney. That, that all should be on. Thanks very much for coming up and chatting to us, lads. Um, Barry, I suppose we'll, we'll start with you. Um, yet another year. This time last year, I think we were in the Kilmore, looking up to uh, looking up forward to another final or an intermediate final. The result didn't go well, but is uh, is this year going to be different? Um, no, Damien. Last year we were disappointed, obviously, when Cotill beat us. But uh, I think there's great confidence in the club at the moment, and uh, I think the boys have done very well. The three games, Swindon Bar, Drumlin, Buttersbridge. I think hopes are high that Bally Hayes will be bringing home the cup on Sunday evening. <laughs> No doubt, no doubt at all. The, uh, I suppose, that, as you say, the hurt of last year, it, it probably motivated the difference being there's, there's five or six lads who are available this year that weren't really there last year. Maybe the hurt of that pushed them on. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, last year will stand to the boys. They, they know what the uh, experience of the final was like and uh, they know the disappointment of losing it as well. So I think they're going to be fired up. And as you mentioned, there's a couple of players that are back. I know that Eamon Brady is in goals. He has joined us this year. And I know his son will be playing uh, um, as well, County Minor, this year, David. And I know that um, Stephen Smith, Eamon Costco are back. So there's four men there that are, that are key men and that have strengthened the panel in a big deal. So I think we're waiting since 68. I've been talking to Johnny Maguire down there and Cornelius and some of the boys that played on that team. So I think 47 years, and I think... Sunday evening's going to put an end to that, and uh, the Gilroy Cup will be coming back to Barry Hayes. Tommy Gilroy Cup. Just, just, just one last question. Did you ever go off to uh, Thailand before a championship game and miss, miss a championship game? <laughs> just, 
Just a, a random question, though. Uh, Damien, that's, that's interesting. No, I never went to Thailand, but it probably if, if um, We Are Cavan had been broadcasting at the time with Damien and Paul here, I would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very funny. For anyone that doesn't know, when uh, the first game against Swan and Bar, we had a couple of Ballyhays players that will be togged out at the weekend were, were listening in, in in Thailand. Now, they, were, they said it was a bar, but we think it was a coffee bar or a juice bar. Because they, uh, but yeah, it was good, good to have the lads. I'm sure they enjoyed their time away. Yeah. So they did. Absolutely, yeah. And hopefully they're back now and none of the worst of the experience. So that's the big thing for Sunday. And the big question, Barry, is Shane Briardy going to be fit to, fit to start? Um, Shane has, has an injury problem with his ankle, but I think he's, a, he's a, had huge therapy this last two weeks and uh, I think he might be fit and ready to go. Okay, Sean, we're going to ask you about the development that went on in the club over the last 25 or 30 years. We're sitting across here from, from, from a set of facilities that are the envy of, of most clubs not alone in Cavan, but all around Ulster. What sort of work went into putting those facilities in place and bringing the club to where it is today? Well, there was a lot of work uh, involved, Paul. There was a lot of fundraising over the years, and Brian Tierney, who was down there, was uh, treasurer at the time when I came in as, uh, as chairman. And as everybody around here knows, he was the driving force behind all the fundraising that was done. He came up with a, no- a number of novel ideas uh, for that fundraising, and... Uh, like we hope to have on, uh, on Sunday there was a lot of teamwork involved a lot of people rode in behind him he, he, he was very p- persuasive in, uh, in organising a lot of support among the community both for GA people and people who maybe over the years wouldn't have been that closely involved with the club but uh, got involved in the, in the fundraising activities uh, and those fundraising activities uh, succeeded in developing what we have across the, across the way there wasn't really a need. She's at a great pitch down the road in Flaggy Bottom. <laughs> I played my first game there and I had to wear wellies. <laughs> there was, and uh, the, the one thing I'd say about the, the Flag and Bottom, and I, I know there were, uh, there were times when there was maybe at the early part of a week uh, a foot of water on it, and you'd wonder if there was going to be a game, but by the Sunday, to be fair, if there was reasonable weather in the intervening That's period, right. it drained away, and miraculously, you could have a fixture in it. But it, uh, it too served the club well for a long number of years until we uh, obviously got across the road here and uh, developed the new facilities in the centre of the village. You had many a shower in the galvanised shed out there on the road. Absolutely. Just c- coming on the flag of meadow, one of the advantages of it was that the, the referees were more favourable towards Ballyhays because there was the threat of the river alongside, you know, so that was... <laughs> It's a pity there aren't more GA grounds or rivers beside them. <laughs> now, now, we've been told not to give out to referees, Paul. You know yeah, that. That's true, that's true. Um, yeah, but, but the, the, the facilities, talk us through where, where the, the brainstorming for the facilities here came, or like how far back are we talking here? Uh, well, we're talking back to, to 1986, uh, which was before my time, and uh, uh, a group of officers of the club uh, at that stage. Uh, including Brian over there uh, got involved and uh, talked to Austin about the Austin Brady, the late Austin Brady about the, uh, the field across the way uh, being an ideal venue for, for a new field in the centre of the village and uh, uh, the, the field was purchased at that time and uh, we moved on from there in the succeeding years to develop the field on a gradual basis and uh, raise the funds necessary to, to get it into the field we have today. Yeah. Barry, um, 
you played a lot of football for a club in county during your own playing days and, and your son Kevin has played a good bit of county football are there anyone else any other players on the Ballyhays panel that you think might, might go on and make county footballers or any young lads coming up that we should watch out for yeah absolutely I think there's a, there's a lot of talent around in Ballyhays at the moment the juvenile club at the moment is under the stewardship of Desi Riley's over there and with under 12s, 14s, 16s, 18s, I think there is great talent coming on. I know in the present team from the younger fellas, David Brady has represented the minors, you know. We've Porrick Moore in there in the full forward line, is exceptional talent as well. A lot of the defenders as well coming on, young Marcus Duffy has been around the minor panel. So a lot of young fellas, a lot of young fellas here in front of me playing under 12, under 13, I see a young Hegarty there as well. So there is great future in the club and great talent there. So hopefully we'll be seeing lots more wearing the blue and white of Cavan as well as the green and gold of Bally Hayes. How, how important is underage development to the success of this team and well, hopefully the success comes Sunday but even the progression of this team because they, they have played a lot of underage Division 1 football these players. No, I think that's vital and even uh, our opponents on Sunday Arva have benefited from joining with Kilishandra and um, with Cornafane, you know, the one parish, St. Joseph's, and uh, Kilishandra went to the semi final, and uh, Cornafane were beaten in the junior final, so Arva are the, the third part of that equation. And uh, in fairness to Bally Hayes, they've achieved it more or less on their own, you know, and uh, it's something that will stand to the boys. They have the experience of playing at Division One level. I think that's very important, and uh, I think it will stand to them on Sunday. Sean, how important is it for Ballyhays to win this intermediate championship? We all know that Ballyhays re- reached a couple of senior finals in the 70s and a senior league final and a couple of intermediate finals. Lost to a great team down the road there a few years ago as well. <laughs> <laughs> how, how important is it that they, that they get over this hurdle and go on and compete in senior football? Well, obviously we'd love to win 47 years since the last intermediate is a long time and uh, we'd love to bridge that gap on, uh, on Sunday and I have uh, confidence that this time around we, we will. Uh, it's uh, it's important for uh, for young players to, uh, to to succeed and win a win a final, and it drives them on to further success. I think so. Uh, I'm confident that we can do it this time around. Yeah, it obviously is important. Like the the, the advantage of playing Division One football in the league this year has to really stand. Like we we have it, a situation now in the intermediate final. We have the two highest ranked league teams in the intermediate final um, Arva and Ballyhays are the twoest so it, it kind of it shows that league form isn't just something that people push aside anymore it does affect your championship campaign as you go forward Absolutely I think Ballyhays have, have played very well in their league games and that has been the basis for their championship run and equally playing in Division 1 is, is going to stand to them it's going to be great in, in terms of experience and uh, I know that that hopefully Sunday evening that that will be a key factor. But Arva have been very successful this year in their league, Division One B. They're close enough to us. But uh, having said that, we hope that the greater experience of playing in the Division One Premier competition will stand to Ballyhays, and that at the final whistle there'll be a couple of points in our favour between the teams. Before we let you go down, lads, I know there's a card going round for everyone's putting in and predicting their scoreline for Sunday. So we're going to ask everyone before they go to predict their scoreline and. It's, it's on the internet for posterity, so make sure you get it right. Well, I'm confident enough winning the prize. The juvenile card is 213 for Ballyhays and 08 for Arva. So oh, yeah. that's, oh, that's a big call. There's nothing like confidence. What about yourself? What do you think? Well, I filled in the card about uh, 15 minutes ago, Damien, and uh, I better not change in 15 minutes. I put 113 to 110 for Ballyhays. Uh, Bally Hayes. 
I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I think everybody here would be happy with either the result once once it goes the right way in Ballyhays' favour. But lads, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us and, and uh, look, we wish you the best of luck. Hopefully it is a, a celebratory uh, occasion on Sunday evening from a Ballyhays' point of view. Give them a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Dad. Just while we're getting ready for the next couple of guests, uh, anybody who is listening in around the world, we've quite a few people listening in. If you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, we're at We Are Calvin. Uh, let us know where you're listening in and, uh, and we can give a shout out here to you if you're from Ballyhays listening in around the world we'd, we'd be delighted to hear a message from you so we have three more coming up here Paul to have a chat with us yeah the next three are coming up and again give them a big round of applause it's the treasurer of the club Eamon O'Reilly the, the secretary of the club I think and definitely former secretary and the, and the PRO of the, of the county board Mark O'Rourke and the juvenile uh, chairman Desi Riley. Thanks a million, lads, for, for joining us here. Um, I suppose, Mark, we'll, we'll start with you. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a long time since we've seen you playing football for Valley Hills, but you're still, I'm sure, heavily involved, as you always have been, uh, and, and this is a, a special occasion for the club. Absolutely, it's a great occasion for the club. Any day you get to final is a good day, and I suppose we've got to a, a number of finals in the last few years, but I think this year we're going to go that one step further. Um, yeah, look, I've been involved in the club for a long number of years as a player and coaching. I suppose this year, with my county board role, I just haven't had as much time for coaching and certainly do miss it, but um, enjoy my role as well, so it's all good. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's lots of work involved in that new role, and I suppose maybe the the previous week you had to put together the programme for the junior final but there might be a bit more pleasure putting together one for your own club Absolutely you took a great deal of pride this week in collecting the information and putting it together and I'm happy with the way it has turned out and I hope the supporters and that enjoy the, the programme as well so. it, it, Moving on Desi you've, uh, you've obviously anybody who, who follows underage football in Cav and knows you from a long way back but a lot of these players came through your stewardship at underage um, Division 1 league final or sorry winners a few years back Kevin Tierney's age and, and uh, your own your own son here beside us but you know the underage development was crucial with these boys coming up to be confident to push on and, and, and compete at this level Yeah Damien it probably is but it goes back to uh, way back the years. I think it was 1990 field opened here, 1992, and the small field was finished before the main pitch opened. We realised we were behind the pace. I think we looked at Kevin Gales, the underage coaching on a Saturday morning, and uh, myself and Enda McGowan, Paul McGoldick, and Seamus Warshaw, I think at the time, maybe a few others, got together and got the Saturday morning coaching up and running. That's a long time back now, but we've con consistently been performing at the Division 1 and Division 2 prior to that we were probably 3 and 4 a lot of the time but when we put a good coaching system in place the players kept coming and uh, our development went on from that and now we're most divisions were most years were playing in Division 1 and 2 
Yeah, and it's a huge achievement. Like as you say, it was it was designed to replicate something the Cavan Gales, but it might even be to the point now you've overtaken the likes of Cavan Gales and and big clubs in in Cavan that were traditionally consistently Division One. Ballyhays are now holding that role. Well, we'll not say we're overtaking anybody yet. Please God, we'll be playing senior championship football next year, and it's looking good for Sunday. But uh, we have been working hard, and if you have a good product there, good coaching which we have, we have some great coaches in the club, some of the best in the county, no doubt about that. And I think if we can push it on, we're putting two teams out and on the 12s this year, two teams out and on the on the 12s and on the 13s. So the future's bright in Ballyhays, but huge numbers and lots of very high quality coaches. Yeah, Eamon, just moving on to you, th- there's a rumour going about that uh, he's going to put Terry Highland out of business if he doesn't pick four or five for the county panel for next year. Is there any truth to that one? Well, I think, to be honest with you, I mean, all the worries about Sunday, we'll let Terry do his job, to be honest with you, we'll worry, worry about what John Brady does on Sunday. <laughs> but, geez, like, if, if Terry Riley put Colin Riley on a, on a junior panel now, surely there's room for five or six more at this stage? There's always room for any, but uh, to be honest with you, we'll leave Terry do what he's doing. He's looking after the club very, very well, and, 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 very, and as a traitor, I say, we thank him and all our sponsors. <laughs> How to get that in. But um, we'll, not, we'll not tell him what to do his job. You're shocking diplomatic. As always. Eamon, <laughs> you were heavily involved in ladies' football over the years, and myself and Damien, we were just compiling information. It's the terror that it took a lady to come into Ballyhays Club to sort out all these problems that she's had. Well, like most ladies, will come in and sort out some and cause more. As what Niall Brady was saying on Monday night, all right. But, uh, Desi, was, we were going to ask you, there was an interesting piece of trivia, I think I spoke to you at the time, when, when uh, the young jockey Shane Shorthall I think he was the Galway player he won last year. Not many people, probably people in this room will know, but people outside of Ballyhays might know that, that he was also a Ballyhays footballer in his time. He was indeed. Uh, he was probably at the 2009, we won that Division 1. Actually, we beat St. Joseph's and down in Drum Lane. And uh, Shane come on the scene. He said he played a bit of football, hadn't played in recent times. And so we done a bit of bargaining with Shane Donahue. And not even we dragged him away from the work when he wasn't supposed to be away from it. And we brought him down to play a bit of football down here. And he was an exceptional talent. He was brave. He was cut out to be a jockey, but he could play a bit of ball too. And I'd say if you're talking to some of the players as opposite numbers, particularly Mr. Gilson in the, the championship final in Breffney Park in 2009, he left them pretty sore <laughs> after it. And w- would he make that Ballyhays team if he was still not current? <coughs> I'd have to say he would because his bravery and his commitment he was something else on the field now he was real he was real teak toffee old style midfielder yeah you, you, you talk about that on on the rage team i remember seeing a few games of them at underage uh, there was an under 14 final i think i recall over in coot hill against kingscourt was a was a very interesting game where they decided to put barry riley back to mark kevin tierney um the kingscourt management it, it it must have been music to your ears when you heard that one desi that was actually an under-16 Division 1 final, yeah. Under-16. Yeah, Kevin was running riot in the forward lane anyway, giving exhibition that day, a man in the match performance. And they put Barry. Barry Riley was our main threat. We had a man-to-man job done in the middle of the field, but basically they conceded on the sideline and decided to put the best player back to try and stop Kevin, and he couldn't stop him on the day. Yeah, it was a very interesting tactic, but it was a, it was, it was a, a big game-changer. Lads, look, looking back through the, the three championship matches, we'll start with you, Mark, that you've played today. What's the standard memories that you have from the games against Butters Bridge and, and uh, Swan and Barons from Lane? I think, looking back, the, the quality of the scores that, um, that were taken 
um, particularly Butler's Bridge, like the few outstanding scores, um, and indeed Swan and Barrow, all the games. Um, Parik Moore, some excellent scores, Stephen Smith in particular, both from freeze and play. I uh, remember Sean McCormick's point in the first half against Butler's Bridge out near the, the sideline on the left side. Um, the quality of the play, the quality of the scores, but the also there's a work rate and a work ethic through the team. Um, I think in the past, if Ballyhills went behind in championship games, um, we tended maybe not to recover. This year, the lads aren't panicking. They're biding their time, waiting and waiting and, and, and coming strong and finishing strong. And it's great to see that in Ballyhill's teams this year. Yeah, Desi, why do you think that is? I know we spoke off air, and you were saying about about say pick out Stephen Smith as an individual, a fellow who has put in so much work and got over his injuries and got himself into great shape, and he's it's paying off for him. But why do you think Ballyhill's look to have that, that bit more steel about them now this year? Or maybe maybe they don't, do they? We definitely do. No, we are. We've been dependent probably a lot, one or two forwards maybe. And a few of them getting a wee bit on the older age group, we'll say. But Kevin Terry had a lone furrow there for a few years, maybe, as I mean, as, a, as the modern game, they say, the shooter. Now we have Stephen Smith, we have Parik Moore, and we have Kevin. And any one of them can be marked on a day, surely. But when you have two other options, you're going to have somebody, one of them hit form on the day, they'll beat a team. And Eamon, um, how do you think this current Ballyhills team ranks compared to team that, that lost the final last year and lost the final a couple of years ago, do, do they look like a stronger proposition? I, I, I think probably as, as a team, as it's 15 there might be a whole pile of difference but I think what we have this year we have a stronger panel and the way football has gone now and you're going to feel like Brefton Park at a big pitch, 15 is not going to win a game for you and I think we have a lot more options, we've you know, boys being off the bench just as good as was on the field that can win and make an impact and do a job for you, so I think probably from a full, a full panel, yeah we're a lot stronger than we have been and Desi, when you, you look back over, I'm sure as a manager, you're as interested in stats as I am, but I was looking through a few of the games, the, well, three of the games, and the uh, the wide count is very, very low on this Ballyhays team, and yet the scoring rate, the, the number of scores per game is very high. You know, What's that coming down to? Well, just as I said earlier, I think we have three natural finishing forwards, and as you know, you can't, you can't coach that accuracy. It's, you're just a, it's a gift you're, you're born with and the ability to work hard at it, you know. Adrian McCarron's over there does the stats. Way back in 2012, I was managing Bally Hayes. We're beaten in a lot of games by two and three points playing Division One and Intermediate Championship. And we were probably on 47, 48% conversion rate. If you can push that up into 53, 54, you're winning, you're winning more games than you're losing. And I think at this stage, Bally Hayes are probably into the 60%. We've been that accurate this year. Lads, we're go- I just want to ask you all the same question. I'll start with you, Mark. Where, where do you think this game is going to be won and lost? What's Arva's strengths and how are Ballyhills going to counteract them? I suppose I've been asked this question a number of, number of times and between Cavan games and club games and I always answer the same thing. It'll be won on the scoreboard. So the team that scores the most will win. But um, no, seriously, um, midfield is going to be an important area. Um, I think if we can win midfield and get enough ball into the forwards, I've no doubt but we'll be victory. We'll have a victory on Sunday. And Desi, just to ask you the same question. And in particular, where do you think Arva are strong? Arva, like ourselves, they're probably they're not depending on one forward. They're two or three very good forwards. Probably Boucher hasn't been playing well in the championship run I've seen so far. But 
I had him in development squad way back the years and he's a very talented player probably a bit underrated but on his day he gave me a match winner you know so it's very important that we can curtail him Jonathan McCabe again probably hadn't as good a gear, year as he had last year but he's a dangerous player and he's, he's probably county material and Eamon the same question to yourself I suppose it's I, I as I come back to the point you made earlier with the panel I think it's going to come down to the bench and what when substitutions are made I think you know having the fresh legs to bring in 20 minutes left to go I think that could be the winner and I do believe for that reason that our bench is going to be that bit strong but nervous and that's I think was going to get across the line So what sort of players should we look out for that, that it might come in and make an impact for Ballyhays on Sunday I know we probably don't know the starting team but Yeah well if you were starting 15 I'd probably tell you what was going to come in <laughs> but you know <laughs> I seen if you've seen it, you know the last few games we have like we brought in players like Barry McCudden like you know back to the Butchbridge game we brought in Kevin Tierney we brought in Shane Browdy we brought in Colin Riley you know lads that can you know, go in and have an impact on the game and make a huge difference you know so I think that's what's going to be the difference and that's what the game's going to be won is on the you know this number sixteen to nineteen of the that's the first four subs and you know that that's their guys going to make the difference both teams absolutely yeah without a doubt and I suppose before we let you go. We have to get your predictions uh, for, for the record here. Mark, we'll start with you again. What's the scoreline going to be on Sunday? I'll go 2 12 to 13. Ballyhays. Five point win for Ballyhays. And Desi? Uh, Ballyhays, 3 12 to 1 13. High scoring game High scoring, there. Yeah, still with five points. Uh, you had predicted yesterday so on the, on the predicted score 1 13 to 12 points to Ballyhays. Very good. Yes, so it's six, all six not out for Ballyhays, David. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we're going to struggle to get somebody to back Arva here tonight. <laughs> when are you breaking the news that you're back in Arva? <laughs> I think it's broken now. Thanks a minute for that, Paul. Uh, to Mark, Desi, and Dame, and thank you very much for coming up and chat to us again. Best of luck and congratulations on all the hard work that you've done over the years. You are a credit to the club. So well done. Big round of Thanks, Thanks, Thank you. Stephen McIntyre is tuned in there on, on uh, he's getting in contact on Twitter um, just wants to say hello to all the crew here in Austin and he's listening in in Castle Knox so hello to Stephen McIntyre thanks for tuning in and getting in contact uh, we'll move on we've, we've our I think our final three guests for the evening yeah we've actually four guests four we've, guests up we've four veterans of the 1968 team coming out so we give them a big cheer as we announce them the first one is Susan Brady <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cornelius Maguire Johnny Maguire and Tony Fay give them all a round of applause good stuff lads and lassies come on head up folks is, is, it, is it safe to give you a microphone absolutely Damien what time's closing around here Susan next question <laughs> no such thing as closing time it's Always open. Always open. Well, thanks a million for coming up and chatting to us, folks. I suppose um, it, it's only fitting to bring up three members from the 68 team. I don't know. We're missing one. I think, is James Brady not here? <laughs> no, he's missing, I think. All right. So. He's having a hip replacement. All right, right, right. About time. Although somebody told me he was actually manager that year in 68, was he? No. Just mouthy. <laughs> Just mouthy. He, he'd probably tell you he was, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, t- thanks a million. I suppose, lads, going back to uh, John, maybe we'll start with you. 68, looking back, as things have changed a hell of a lot since then, but I'm sure the preparation for a county final, it, a lot of similarities when you look to today. Well, uh, things were different at that stage, I suppose. Training maybe wasn't intensive as it is today, but certainly um, the game itself, uh, looking back on it, it was a very close game, and we just held on by three points in the end. 
and uh, very lucky to do so. Against uh, a, a good Krushalaw team, I believe. That's right, Krushalaw. Even though it's a second string team, they had as many three or four county players at that stage, and they were sort of offered, and we just held on. But uh, saying by myself, I wasn't actually playing that day. I was only on the bench, so I just I can't tell you exactly how it felt on the field itself. You still, you had a good view, though. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and and uh, just, just moving on, then talking talking about the um, the preparation. Can you tell us like about the training? Maybe um, maybe we'll just pass over that mic because we're one we're one. Then tell us a bit about the training preparation in '68. Like, was it? Where he's out three, four times a week and in the gym and everything? Yeah, there's certainly no gym. Uh, Finton Tierney was our trainer. Uh, he came two nights a week and he stood in the middle of the flagging bottom and he gave directions from there. We played a practice match, but uh, I can't say that he ever spoke to me directly about anything, but he seemed to get through to us and we'd done the business on the day. That, that's a talent. He got through to you without speaking to you. <laughs> uh, he... He had a way. He had a way of communicating from the centre of the field and directing operations, but he never came round and spoke to players one individually. Well, not to, we'll say, the like of me anyway. Maybe to the more senior players. There was no need to talk to you. You knew it well, all. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Cornelius, tell us, tell us about a few of the stars for maybe people that, that don't know the stars of '68. Who 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 were the leading limelights? Well, at that time, um, we had Kiwi Newman was our captain at the time, and we had uh, Andy McGowan and Steve Duggan. They were probably they were really senior county stars at the time. And then at the time, we had the late, great Matty Smith, one of the best, probably half-back line, half-back was in the county at the time. And um, from there, we formed a whole, we had a good all-round squad, and... Uh, I have to say we were very lucky on the day because we came up against a super crush last side that was um, they were senior championship winners at the time and this is the second team that they had at the time and uh, some great uh, players even on the crush team at the time you had P.B. McCabe you had um, Father Benny Maguire and you had um, men that was uh, men that was great um, well known uh, footballers at the time we escaped by three points in the end biggest scare we had that day was a penalty in the last couple of minutes and um, Mick Farley who was the bartender here in this place at the time and uh, he was in the gold and they put it wide I think it was something like that at the end and we just escaped. She was lucky because he was probably late uh, finishing work the night before no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) They usually are here. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that then. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> so, Susan, can you tell us what the celebrations were like in 68? <laughs> I don't know, but a couple of years later I came along. <laughs> so, a little too young for that now, Paul. How, how important is it for, for the club to keep the, the link to the past and these great men that won a championship back then? It's the last uh, sort of premier championship that Bally Hayes won. It's, it's a good few years ago now, but how important is it to remember uh, the teams that went before and the legacy that, that the current team are carrying on? It's hugely important to remember what has gone before. You know, like these are the people who created the club, the environment that we now exist in. And that is hugely, without these people, we don't have a club. 
Now, I do believe in remembering and acknowledging the past, but I don't believe in living in the past. Like, this year is about moving forward and moving into the future and taking what we, a lesson from the past. You know, like, you can live in the past or you can remember the past. We believe in remembering the past, not living the past. And how important is it, I know you don't want to put pressure on the lads for Sunday, but how important is it that Ballyhays get over this intermediate hurdle sooner rather than later? Well, Paul, you know, at the end of the day, you can do all the development that you want and you can have the best grounds in the county. But you're a footballing team. You're a GA club. It's about football. It's hugely important, but it's more important for the lads themselves because it's easy for me to sit back and, you know, do the day-to-day stuff, but these are the lads that are putting in the grind. And I, for one, having been with them and watching them, firmly believe that they truly, truly deserve it and their time has come. Yeah, I suppose the, you, you can't... All you have to do is look at this current crop of players, maybe Cornelius, to see that the amount of work that they put in, the physique, the strength, the conditioning that, that goes into these lads, it's not just show up two times a week and, and kick ball. They're doing a lot of extra work on top of that and it's, it, it looks like it's paying off. It's unbelievable. You'd have to... The dedication and the work they're putting in at the moment is unbelievable from the, say the, hour from the time we were there. But you'd have to... you just have to put your hand out to them and just say to them that they were I don't know it's uh, it's unbelievable that y- you wouldn't really have nothing else to do when you play football at the moment and train it's a full 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 time job yeah these lads they, they appear like they're putting in maybe 20-25 hours a week preparing for this situation so you know I suppose the level of effort is is, is higher than it's ever been but on the other side then I suppose Arva are preparing equally as tough so it's not going to be an easy battle have, have you seen have you seen Arva this year yet at all Tony. yes Sorry. I have I have uh, they're a good young team they're coming up they're really coming up from junior to intermediate they really have nothing to lose this year coming into the final and they probably will be up for it but I think Bally has, has that little bit of experience they've been there before and I think they will come out on the right end of it yeah, should do John, just looking at uh, maybe one of the older players in the panel, Stephen Smith has had a season, as, as we were saying, if you were picking all-stars, he'd be the first man on the list at the minute. Yes, that's right. But uh, this team, like, they seem to be, uh, uh, from 1 to 15, they seem to be very strong, and I do think that, well, they're not depending on the hour time. We More or less, we had about seven or eight real good top players, but it seems that this team at the moment have a better balance. So I would think that they would, would carry them on the day. And can you remember much about the celebrations in '68? Was there bonfires in the in the square and all that stuff? Oh yes, we're back here in the village here a couple of hours after the match, so we're now on the whole night. I think, as far as I can remember. <laughs> Are you saying this place was open all night? Well, I don't know. When <laughs> we were up there in the square there, the bonfire, so all this. So it certainly was a it was a night to remember. Anyway, let's say. Anthony, you're getting a very bad reputation over here. I don't know who's spreading the rumours now. <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> Susan, there's a rumour going around that, that, that you're that busy this week putting up posters and flags and making phone calls that the, that the post office had to go and strike. Can you, <laughs> can you confirm or deny that? Well, see, Paul, as you should know at this stage, never listen to a rumour. 
seeing as you're the butt of most of the rumours <laughs> around the county, you know, there's usually very little truth. <laughs> yeah, pa- Paul's motto is never listen to a rumour, always start one. <laughs> totally agree, and he's actually started quite a lot of them over the years, you know. Yeah. But one of, one of the better ones that you have to love Paul for is, you know, I think this year I was so delighted when I read the Anglo-Celt the big intermediate prediction and Paul God help Paul but he was putting his neck in the line and he was going with the good old Rory's while I was sitting in my little post office and I was cheering like hell I was going yes Fitz, Fitzpatrick hasn't backed us this year we're in with a chance <laughs> and there's, there's a wee bit of background to that story because I think Paul Fitzpatrick himself <coughs> Mickey Brennan, all from Northern Sound, and probably anybody else who, who was involved in any part of the media was getting phone calls last year from Susan. Don't be backing us now. Don't be, don't be hyping us up. Keep us low. Keep us low. This year, you're doing the direct opposite. You're going on TV and you're telling everybody that you're going to win it. Yeah, and also, Damien. Damien, you're such a liar. I was asking you out on dates. <laughs> <laughs> also, Damien, when I did, I said, geez, I better not, t- better not tip Valley Hayes or I'd be getting phone calls and I tip Bill Torbett. And I met Susan at a match, and she goes, Oh, you're tipping with Torbett, you bollocks, yeah. <laughs> you can't feed a bit of consistency. <laughs> well, lads, uh, we wanted to ask you, how has football changed since you, since you were finished playing? and Has it changed for the better or for the worse, do you think? Uh, football, as it's been played now, there isn't the, the old uh, thrills and spills that there used to be, the high catch and the hard hits and that sort of thing. And... Uh, what I notice now that uh, if you touch a player at all, if you put a finger on him, the ref is on your back. I mean, remember playing a corner forward, I was hammered, I was kicked, I was put to the ground everywhere and anywhere. I got no free, and I got up and went on. Now, if they're touched at all, they're down flat, you think that you should be sending for the undertaker. And <laughs> 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 uh, um, Cornelius, how do you think? Is football change for the better or the worse? Um, football has got very, very... Uh, the short passing game has come in big, big time. I don't like it. I used to enjoy and I could name so many great footballers down through the years. High catching, long kicking, run out to the wing, beat a man, turn in and the whole lot. But it's all down to the short passing and that type of thing. But that's the modern game today. But at the same time, you have to admire the way they play it. Yeah. And John, I suppose it's, it's, it's kind of come with the tactics now that, that people are putting in so much time and effort that years ago it was a matter of win the ball and kick it in the right direction and now it's, it's a whole lot more than that as in you're, you're trying to give the advantage all the time but it's, it's, uh, there's, less, there's less battles and more maybe mind games going on. Well, a lot of it is to do tactics nowadays and certainly it's a whole running game and when the goalkeeper out, it's, uh, it's everybody's running, you see, and off the shoulder and all that sort of thing. In our day, when he, he just kicked the ball out in the middle and went 50-50, fair enough, he tried to get your own man okay, but normally you just belted it out and hoped that it went in the right way. And, and it generally ended up there was a 50-50 ball in most cases, and the strongest and the best won uh, at that stage. But now, the game at this stage is seen to be, it's, it's all a passing game and running game, so it's totally different than on the game of the 60s. Was it, a, was it a more exciting spectacle back then? I think so. I think so. I, I would think so because uh, certainly catch and kick was a real good feature and, and definitely midfield battles and all that type of thing. But now it's sort of 
it's the game has been involved thrown around maybe 15 20 times before get by midfield so there's certainly an awful lot more effort put in and more running to be done so it wouldn't be as exciting i think in our time it may be more exciting when there was a man-to-man and uh, it certainly seemed to be more exciting uh, Cornelius, who do you blame for the change in Gaelic football? Is it Down or is it Dublin or, Red or, or is it Terry Highland? <laughs> Probably Red Hill had a big hand in that. <laughs> and they were over the years. Way back uh, a number of years ago, we always admired the great Down football. Everybody admired a long, long ball catch, or especially the kick passing was a feature. I think one of the best things of all time. But uh, the thing is, has changed big time. They have to go with the times. I mean, when you see Stephen Clarkson kicking balls out 10 yards as, as a goalkeeper, that's the way the modern game has gone. So I suppose we have to go with it. And come here, would he take Eamon Brady's place if he was from Ryan Valley Hills? Well, now I'd, I'd like to see Eamon Brady kicking them longer than 10 yards. <laughs> I think we all would, really. <laughs> Put it out to David and see if he can catch it. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully, and I wish them all the best at Hillwood. I think they're a great young squad, and I hope the Hillbilly is proud Sunday. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Just even, even just looking back on, on when you won the intermediate in, in '68, the following few years after, obviously, Ballyhays went from strength to strength, and and were in Division One League finals and a couple of senior finals after that. But can you tell us, Dave, was there many overlaps? between the 68 team and even the 76 team that was beaten in the final? It's very hard to say. There's been an awful lot of changes. Players come and players go and that type of thing. And uh, we were back to the 76 and 78 finals in senior championship. And uh, we were just come up short in both of them. And um, it's very hard to put it down. It's just what happens on the day. And uh, we had one, I believe, 76. I wasn't around at the time. But... Uh, uh, 76 they had it won and as everybody left Breffney Park and then they were beaten but uh, that's the way it goes the look of the hour and that's that's what I will say on Sunday it'll come down to the look of the hour on the day and that's it well, and Tony were you round watching in 76 and 78 or were you playing or were you I was, tr- I was treasurer of the club in 76 I wasn't playing at that stage uh, we come up against the Castle Rahan team that uh, were an amalgamation of two junior teams. Uh, they were up for it on the day and I think they caught us on the hop towards the end of the match. We were doing very well for 75% of the game or so, but coming towards the end of it they just got us and it's one of these things. Maybe we didn't take them seriously enough, I'm not sure, but uh, uh, it was just one of them things and happens every day. And, and the really big question is, having seen those those two years who was better Barry Tierney or Kevin Tierney I'm not going to put my neck on the line I go on no I go on no way please but there were two great Bally Hayes footballers and <laughs> Kevin has a little bit to go yet but I, two great men right uh, you're going to sit on the fence on this one we'll, we go to John I'm going to ask you who, who's better Louis Lyons or, or, or Connor well that's a difficult one that's a difficult one to ask Louis has been a great servant at this club down to the years and he's been a great background worker on underage football and all the rest so it's really hard to know but uh, certainly they've both of them has given great service to this club they sure have that's a good diplomatic answer so it is I think they deserve a round of applause there for the people that are listening <laughs> you do indeed you do indeed I suppose, 
we, we can't we can't let you go without uh, without getting your predictions for the weekend. Maybe we'll start with you, John. What's the score going to be on Sunday? Well, I've written in the score there a few minutes ago, one thirteen to eleven points. Very good. The body has. Very good. Just to make it clear, <laughs> five point win. Bally Hayes 2-10 out of a 10 oh. 6 point win we're getting bigger here does nobody think it's close I think I'll be slightly shorter 2-11 to 1-8 Bally Hayes 6 points again and Susan you think it's going to be a draw no I do not are you mad <laughs> no but I would like to take the opportunity to you know um, wish Arva you know as much a best of luck as you could possibly wish them when you're opposing them like they're an amazing club and they have been a great club and have been great friends to our club so it makes it that little bit more difficult when you go up against them but like under the chairmanship of Niall Brady like they have supported us in in hard times and tough times so I just hope for both of us that it's a good competitive match and that the best team will win on the day and unfortunately for Niall that's going to be us but <laughs> <laughs> we had that discussion but my prediction is 115 to 112. Very good, a three point win there so look at thanks very much folks for coming up and chatting to us um, look at we, we, we know that it's a it's a great weekend and, and it's going to be a, an exciting finish to the weekend either way I'm sure it's going to be a close enough game on Sunday but it's, uh, it's, it's good to see all the people here out in Ballyhays out supporting and lots of Lots of young fellas out with the Ballyhays tops and Ballyhays t-shirts and everything, and that's always great to see. Even even the soccer players down there are wearing it. And <laughs> Mr. O'Rourke, if Michal Greening could get his hands on you, I'll tell you. Damien, could we just take this opportunity? There's a very special birthday here tonight. Fiona Brady, Anthony's wife, turned 40 today. Oh, very nice. So we'd actually like to extend a very, very happy birthday to her from the club. Congratulations, Fiona. Absolutely brilliant. If, if, if Mickey Brennan was here, he'd be singing. <laughs> he won his right. By yeah. the way, boys, where's your mate? Oh, I mean, where's Mickey? <laughs> Our friend Mickey just couldn't make it tonight, all right. And it's, it's, Mick, it's Michael. We call him Michael for the rest of this interview, just in case. Every home needs a Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> and Mickey loves hearing that, so he does. But uh, no, th- thanks very much. I suppose just just to finish off before we we, we uh, cut the broadcast here and, and let everybody go, just to ask Paul. Maybe some people haven't heard, but um, the podcast and we are calving earlier on today. We you you've done your predictions, but give us give us the outline. Where do you think this game is going to be won and lost? Uh, I think Ballyhays are the better team all around. Um, I just even as a Red Hills man, said even that. As, yeah, through great team, I have you. to say that. <laughs> Will I remove my foot now, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think Ballyhays are the best team all around. I think they've, unlike other years, they've come, to, come through a couple of tough tests. Like on paper, Butler's Bridge and Jermaine mightn't have looked like the toughest route, but actually they turned out to be two very good teams this year. And both games, they found themselves a couple of points down in the second half and they had to dig deep. I think they've got a good spread of scores there. I'm very impressed with Park Moore. I think he's really ex- an excellent player, big lad, and can kick with both feet and he's very fast. We were actually just debating this earlier on. Can somebody tell us, is he on the 21 just next year coming? Or is he... He's overage from the He's overage. Right. His father could kick with two feet too, you know. Ah, right, yeah. But, but maybe not footballs. <laughs> Cows. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, and a bit of step dancing as well. 
but uh, yeah, go on. We're interrupting you. Yeah, no, and we, we all know about about Kevin Tierney and how good he is, and I think David Brady is an ace in the pack as well. But the backs are very are very strong as well, right up the centre. Like Eamon Costello was a great addition back playing football this year, a hell of a footballer. And you have Sean McCormick there as well. So the, it's a very well-balanced team. As the lad said, they're very strong at the back as well. I think Arva's main man is Kieran Brady. I think he's probably up there with the best footballers in the county at the minute. He's absolutely exceptional. He's going to take a lot of watching. James Morris is very strong at full-back as well. I think Arva might be slightly weaker around the middle of the field. and Hopefully Ballyhays can get a foothold there. But Conan Sheridan is going to take a lot of watching in the full forward line as well. But overall, I think if Ballyhays perform, I've no doubt that they're going to win. The question is, will they, will they turn up? And I think they'll turn up and win by four or five points. Yeah, well, Jesus. When a red hills man says that, he deserves a round of applause, anyway, that's for sure. How much does that just cost me? <laughs> it's free drinks, free drinks for the red hills man all night. <laughs> has to be, has to be. Uh, yeah, no, just from my point of view, I'd have to say, I know a lot of people are saying that, that it's, uh, it's going to be three points or more. I think it's going to be close. I think the matchups are going to be extremely key. I think last year in the final, the matchups were, were probably. The, the important factor in deciding the result this this year it's it's who's going to pick up Kevin Boucher from Ballyhays you know he's a key man obviously and on the other end have Arva got anybody to hold Kevin Tierney and if so if they have have they got a second man then for David Brady Stephen Smith for for um, Porrick Moore obviously so the the advantage is, is definitely in the forward line and midfield is going to be the winning and losing of this game it's, it's whoever wins midfield if, if you don't win midfield you can't get all your forwards in so I'd, I'd say midfield is going to be the key and, and probably Ballyhays just hold the edge on that but I do think it's going to be close I, I can see it maybe being only a point or two in it to be honest but that's my opinion and sure. so what's, what's that worth? that'll be enough which way though? hold <laughs> on here oh, a Susan, minute Susan, Susan, no no Damien which way? I know I do I think Ballyhays will win by I'm going to say a point on this one Jeez, at, least you, at least you'll get in the door tonight Damien just about <laughs> Just about. I won't be sleeping in the doghouse. So, so folks, we're going to wrap it up with that again. Our, our thanks to Anthony Brady and, and all the Brady family, and, and even to Susan, who's who, despite all her slagging, is always hospitable and and uh, and good crack when we do get her on TV or on, on radio. It doesn't matter. So, and our thanks to all the Ballyhill supporters who showed up here tonight. It was great to have you here. And, and if, if there is one thing I'd say, and even even if I am married to a, a, a Ballyhays woman or Castle Tara woman, as she'd pointly pointly clear out all the time, it is Castle Tara. But it, they, they, they are they are a very welcoming bunch out here. I will will be back out Monday and Tuesday maybe, or because it's 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 twenty four hours. Anthony has staff working twenty four hours from from Saturday on, from Saturday night on. So. But no, our, our very best of luck to both teams. Hopefully it is as, as exciting game as we expect it to be because we have got the two best teams in the county in the final and want to wish them both the best of luck. Obviously, we have to hope that Ballyhays just, just sneak it on this one. But I wonder what you'll be saying this time tomorrow night. Actually, yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> but don't, don't, don't let anybody go out to the arms there in, in, uh, in, in, in Arva tomorrow night where we've the, the alternative end of this one. But now, again, our thanks to everybody here and hope you've had a good night. Hope you've enjoyed the, the crack and didn't take anything too seriously. It was just a bit of slagging all the way. But thanks very much and best of luck to everybody on Sunday. Thank you. Terry and all the staff at Highland Hardware would like to wish Bally Hayes every success in the intermediate final.
Brian, Barney, Cully and all the staff at Cully's Craft Bakery, proud sponsors of the Cavan Junior Football Championship, would like to wish Arva the very best of luck in the intermediate final. Dermot Lee and all the staff at Lee's Gala would like to wish Bally Hayes the best of luck on Sunday. Hugh Horrigan and family, the Boar's Head, Capel Street, Dublin, wishes Arva the very best of luck in the intermediate final on Sunday. Imagine your wedding day with unparalleled service, commanding views and mature grounds on one of Ireland's most beautiful family-run countryside estates. Located on our private shores of Loch Sheelan, Crover House Hotel in Cavan offers a personal service to each couple. A limited number of 2016 wedding packages are still available. Call 049-8540-206 today. Our unique location for your unique occasion. Crover House Hotel. Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one toward the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. Club V is Calvin's best over 21s entertainment venue. With state-of-the-art lighting and sound system, VIP room with bar, as well as a cocktail bar, outdoor heated and fully seated smoking area, so you can sit, relax and take time to catch up with friends. Club V opens every Saturday night and holiday Sunday at 11pm. To find out more about Club V and our upcoming events, follow us on Twitter or become a fan on Facebook. Club V Virginia at the Riverfront Hotel. Looking for somewhere for a post-match point to catch up on the crack and discuss the game? Why not call in to Michael Mooney at the Sleeve Ross Bar, College Street in Calvin Town? The Sleeve Ross is famed for its warm, friendly atmosphere and great points. So drop in to Michael and staff today. You won't be disappointed. Celtic Warrior, crafted pale ale from the Highland Brewing Company. Born of the land in the hills of Breffney, our beer is crafted with our Celtic legacy in mind. Find us on Facebook. Enjoy Celtic Warrior responsibly and visit drinkaware.ie. RCE, Building Costs Consultants. In these challenging economic times, RCE can reduce the overheads of companies that can no longer afford the luxury of a full-time quantity surveyor or estimator. Contact Ronan by email on ronan at rce.ie or check out our website www.rce.ie. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, 
Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details.